Hello, and welcome to the Real Happy Mom Podcast, the weekly podcast for moms to get inspiration, encouragement, and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. My name is Tony Ann, and you are listening to episode number 82. June 22nd is a very significant date. No, it's not my birthday. It's the day that the doors of the Real Happy Mom tribe will be open. The Real Happy Mom Tribe is an online community for busy working moms who want to get clear on their values and priorities while setting up systems and routines to reduce the overwhelm and exhaustion in their life. Plus, I'm showing you how to use Trello, which is a project management tool to get your home and your life in order. The best part is there's monthly challenges that will help keep you motivated with real prices. How to shopping at Target or coffee from Starbucks on MeSound. If you're ready to get your home life in tip-top shape, join me in the Real Happy Mom tribe. Go to realhappymom.com slash tribe to get on the wait list. So school is officially done over here, but I'm having mixed emotions about it right now because I'm happy that virtual school is over because it wasn't really that fun of an experience in the beginning, but our family has started to get the hang of things and it was right at the end. But I'm also nervous because I know that I'm going to have to find things to keep my son busy and also prevent regression. But I do have some things in place. But the biggest thing I'm worried about is the food he's eating. I can tell he's going through a growth spurt because he's eating a lot. And today's guest is going to help a bunch with tips on preparing healthy and nutritious meals that don't take up much time for us busy moms. My guest today is Sarah. Sarah is a certified nutrition consultant, a certified GAPS practitioner, and a licensed dietitian in the state of Florida. Sarah has more than 37 years of experience helping clients throughout the country reach their desired level of wellness. And having been a busy mom herself with little ones, she knows the things that we need, and she's going to give us practical advice on meals that we can prepare that are low maintenance and nutritious so we don't have to get in the line at McDonald's. Now she shares why we need to get rid of white sugar and white flour from our diets and what removing that white sugar and white flour from our diets can do for our health, especially for kids with behavioral issues. But before we jump into this week's episode, it is time for our mommy wins. This is when we celebrate with a mom on a win that she's had during the week. It can be big or small, so let's check out this week's mommy win. Hey guys, this is Lauren over at Momin with Coffee on Instagram. I blog at momminwithcoffee.com and I am so excited because I just launched my new t-shirt business. So that is my win for this week. Lauren, that is so exciting and I am so happy for you. Now, if you are listening and you would like to be featured on the Real Happy Mom podcast, all you have to do is go over to Instagram and follow me at Real Happy Mom. Then you want to go over to the DMs and there's a microphone on the lower right hand side. Press and hold that button and tell me your name, your IG handle, what you do and your win. It can be anything big or small. I just want to celebrate with you. Now that we have that out of the way, it is time to jump into this week's episode. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. It is so good to be here, Tony Ann. I'm uh, I'm excited about getting everyone else excited. <laughs> yes, uh, most mothers are like, oh, seriously, you know, how am I going to do this? Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will be honest. I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those moms because yeah. just before we got on, we were talking about that the struggle of you know 
the time and then trying to get the meals in that are healthy meals and not the fast food. But before we jump into our topic, Sarah, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about you and what you do and how you got to this point of helping us moms with this particular topic. Yes, sorry, Bob. Okay, so I was the original chocoholic kid. I was the Hill House cookie kid. My mother kept trying to hide the chocolate from me. She never, ever had success. Um, I always found this, the chocolate. When I was 19, uh, 20, I dropped out of college. I couldn't figure out why I was there. And I joined my older brother in a 13-year-old VW bug, and we drove from Switzerland to Nepal. By the time I got to Iran, and, and before I left, I was doing, um, I decided to become a vegetarian. Now, my translation, uh, I was doing a whole lot of mac and cheese, pizza, and hot fudge sundaes, and lots of chocolate, and that was my idea of a perfect diet um, as a vegetarian. So by the time I got to Iran, I was diagnosed with two kinds of dysentery, and then after uh, Nepal, flew on to Japan and lived in Japan for five months, and in Japan... I was diagnosed with a duodenal ulcer. That's an ulcer right at the very top of your small intestine. So at the bright age, I turned 21 in Japan, and at at the age of 21, I realized I was not invincible, and that just totally sucks. So (laughs) so, um, Japan, they gave me some powder. I have no idea what it was. Went back to Cleveland, Ohio, where I grew up. Went to my GP and said, you know, I'm still not feeling really great. And his answer was an antidepressant. Mm. which really ticked me off because I've never been a depressive type. This was a challenging trip, but I, you know, I was like, nah, nah, nah. So I tore, tore that up, went back to Boston to finish up college. And there was a physician there in Boston who was holistic. He had lost his MD degree because he believed in nutrition. This was back in 1971, 72. But I went to him and I said, what? And he, <laughs> he looked at my diet and he said, oh, dear God. He said, just get all the white flour and all the white sugar out of your life. And I was like, whoa. Okay, that was 50% of what I was eating. Easy, okay? So I took a look at that, and I was like, well, what do you eat? But I decided, I was 21, and I was like, I do not want to feel like this for the rest of my life. So I drew a line in the sand, and I said, that's it. If it has white flour, white sugar, I'm not eating it. And I can tell you that within a week of doing that, um, the changes in my body were profound, okay? I didn't know my knees were stiff. I just figured, yeah, from my family, we don't sit cross-legged. <laughs> um, my energy became smoother. I'm, I've always been a high-energy person, but my energy smoothed out rather than going up, down, up, down, up, down all day long. Um, all kinds of things changed. And I began to get a feel for, wow, you know, the profound effect that this stuff has on your body. So that was the beginning of me going, wow. And undergrad, I was working with special needs kids, all right? So as I was healing myself, I started looking at these kids and I said, these were preschoolers, special needs. And I kept looking at them going, you know what? They may have some cognitive issues. They don't feel good though. Mm -hmm. They've They've got tummy aches. They've got eczema. They've got snotty noses. They've got constipation, diarrhea. They do not feel good. And then I looked at what they were eating and I went, Oh, well, for crying out loud, you know, they're just getting a whole bunch of junk. There's no way they can feel good. So I got frustrated, and that's what made me go back and get a master's degree in nutrition. So with my early childhood development background and then, you know, many decades in the field of nutrition, families and children are just my absolute passion because you guys are putting together a really high-stress 
high maintenance child rearing situation. And it's like, guys, you just do not have to put in this kind of time with your kids. So what I see is a whole lot of mothers really stressed out. Now, to begin with, the schedule that most of you guys, <laughs> and, and by the way, guilty, um, I always worked, but I worked from home. So I figured out a lot of stuff where I could be around my kids, um, still make money. Um, there's a lot of scheming, I think, to motherhood. And I think if you gave most of us the chance, the grand majority of women would rather work part-time, not full-time. Um, so that they could be there when the kids get out of school, so they could have some time to really be with their children and not just, hi, here's dinner, here's your bath, good night, start again, right? And then the weekend is completely fried because you're trying to catch up on all the flipping chores that you didn't have time to do during the week, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, and then there's, there's that loving relationship with that other person that you created a child with. It's like, who the heck are they? It's like, hi, I'm exhausted. Good night. You know, and then the weekend, it's like, oh, God, can you drive the kid here and drive the kid there? And that, oh, who are you? I don't know. And who's got time, right? So part of it, part of this whole deal is what our society is dictated. And women, I come from an era where we were just breaking loose. You know, I come from the burn your bra era and all that. <laughs> but um, we did a service and a disservice. You know, it's a balance. I've always been a very free-spirited, independent woman. And I've always wanted to really prioritize what's going on with my kids. And that's a challenge. No question about it. But I'm going to give you some of the things that I figured out. You know, it's like low maintenance cooking. It's got to be low maintenance everything. I mean, who's got mm -hmm. time to think about it? And I'm not Susie in the kitchen. I promise you. <laughs> I'm a very simple cook. But the cool thing about children is they like simple food. Our, our food manufacturers have made us believe that they have to have all these special sauces and stuff in their food. And that's just a bunch of, that's a bunch of hooey. So some of the things that I did as a mother, the most, the first and foremost thing guys, without question is you have to make the decision and women are incredibly powerful. All right. We do rule the roost. When we make up our mind, it will happen. Right. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So, when we're really clear and we are, we're, we are the, you know, the captains of the kitchen in so many ways. Women are, we've just learned more. We know more about food in general. Okay. There are some guys that definitely fit in that category. In general, it's the women. So um, we moms have to one, make the decision that, all right, from now on, uh, I'm donating a bunch of food to a food pantry that we haven't opened yet. And never more will white flour and white sugar cross my threshold. Now that's a, now remember that stopped me in my tracks back when I was 21. It was like, wow. And so it's a process of beginning to read labels. And if it says flour, if it says wheat flour, if it says, uh, if it says flour or wheat flour, that's white flour. It's got to say whole wheat, not to be white flour. But frankly, the, the gluten is a whole other issue. But listen, let's just start. Step one, no flour, no white flour, and no sugar, and no other sugars. If you look at most breakfast cereals, there's not just one sugar in there. There's about three different ones. Do you know why? Do you know why they do that when you look at breakfast cereals? Does it taste better? Heck no. No, they figured out that women have been we educated to the point where they know that the first ingredient on the list is the biggest ingredient. Mm 
when you're looking at ingredients, the, the first three are what you're eating. So what they did was they made sure sugar was second or third, but they, then they divided sugar into, well, there's some cane sugar, and then there's some honey, and then there's some brown sugar, and then there's some molasses. You getting it? So if you add all those up, that would definitely be the first ingredient. But now, if you're looking at the ingredients list, you can feel better as a mother because you're not bringing home all this sweet, sugary cereal. Get it? Yes. <laughs> These two corporations, I'm telling you, they are the devil incarnate, okay, without question. <laughs> they now, with no ethical issues whatsoever, will sit and tell you that it only takes 30 people and they're scanning their brains while these 30 people are eating some of the additives that they put in their food. They are waiting for the addictive part of the brain to light up when the person is eating that food. And when it lights up, good to go. That's what they're going to put in their food. So if you're wondering why your kids act like addicts, i got news for you. They are. You're not making that up. If you're wondering why you have no willpower and you're just like, why can't I just stop eating this stuff? I'll tell you why. It's the chemicals they're putting in the food and it's white sugar. White sugar has been shown without question to be at least three times more addictive than cocaine. So now I want you to think every time you give your child cane sugar that you're giving them cocaine. How would you? <laughs> and this is three times worse than cocaine. So it's like, wow. So if you start looking at it that way, it's like, okay, maybe that's not a great idea. So what's the sweetener that Mother Nature gave us? Yeah, honey, I know that one. Yes, ma'am. And it's got to be raw honey, not raw honey. Cooked. Yes. So you want to get to a health food store or best yet, you know, find your neighborhood raw honey person um, because that honey was created in your, um, you know, in the fields around where you live, which means if you have allergies and whatnot, that's just a wonderful thing for uh, for diminishing allergies and whatnot. So raw honey is what nature gave us. And I can tell you as a former, uh, you know, sugar holic, you can't OD on honey the way you can on sugar. You just can't do it. It's just too much. I don't know what it is. And it does not, I used to work with kids. I worked at one point with kids with cerebral palsy and I took them off sugar and they were able to ambulate. They're able to walk uh, without their crutches when they were off sugar. Um, you put them back on sugar and they couldn't walk. When I gave them honey, they could still walk. Isn't that interesting? So mm -hmm. there is something different about it. Our wonderful science that just takes everything apart is wrong when they say it's the same as cane sugar. It is not. Mother Nature rocks. And we've got to really honor that she gets the whole picture in a much better way than we can ever dream. Yeah. Now you've kind of touched a little bit on some of the dangers of the foods and what they do to us, but I wanted you to go through some of the steps of breaking free from the fast foods and some of those sugary snacks that we like to give our kids. Okay. All right. So um, what I found in my house, again, uh, none of that stuff came into my house. Uh, when my kids went out to parties, whatever, I'd let them I let them eat whatever they wanted to eat, as long as it didn't affect my life. If it meant that I was up all night with them, game off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever you want when you grow up, but that stuff makes me stay up late, you know, and all night with you, and I'm not doing it, all right? So when you get older, you can stay up all night if you want. I'm not, okay? But in the home, maybe once a week, I'd make something like brownies or, or cookies or, you know, ice cream or any of that stuff. In general, 
there really weren't desserts around. Fruit was around. Um, and my daughter might, you know, make a piece of toast with some butter and, and raw honey on it. And that was her dessert. I'm good with that. They get quite ingenious. <laughs> so it's like, you don't need to feel like you have to have this stuff around all the time because if it's not around all the time, the kids adapt. And for your viewers, if um, at the end, we'll, you know, we'll give you my, my email address and my, just go onto my website and email me and say, Hey, I, I heard you on Tony Ann's show. And could you send me your five best good goodies? Okay. And I'd be glad to do that uh, because I have, it just does not take very long to make good goodies. And there's a, a crumble that you can make with just nuts and dried fruit that is to die for. And if you cook up a big bag of frozen organic cherries or mixed berries or strawberries, any of that stuff, and just put this crumble on it, OMG, it's delicious. It's really, really good. But I warn you, Tony Ann, you've got to get off the sugar to begin with because mm -hmm. the sugar really screws up your taste buds. I don't know how else to say it, but it takes, you've got to be 100% off white sugar and then then you start reclaiming your true taste buds. But the again, the food corporations know exactly what they're doing. They don't want you to do that. They want you to stay there. You know, they've got you by the nose, basically. So let's go for breakfast. Protein is what you want to give your children for breakfast. So it could be beautiful, free-range, organic. Why do I keep saying organic? Because these pesticides are messing up our kids, period. All right, and I can, that's a whole show. But So organic, free-range eggs. Uh, like our ancestors ate, hello. Um, and if you can make a veggie omelet out of it, and some some women will take um, will make a big uh, bowl of eggs and veggies, and then pour them in cupcake forms, make them ahead of time. So then you can just pop them in the toaster oven while you're taking a shower in the morning, getting ready. Again, most families do not leave enough time for breakfast. That's a real priority. The kids have got to get into bed earlier, and you've got to get up earlier so that everyone can sit down and actually eat before they go to school and not eat in the car. Big difference. But it's a matter of priorities. Most people say, I don't have time. I will never, I always had food for my kids. I was always running 950 miles an hour, but I was constantly scheming. And the food was a you know, big rock as far as uh, a top priority. It was like, I'm not letting go of that priority. So breakfast, either eggs with some veggies, or if the kids like sausage, there's some beautiful organic sausages. You can do sausages and, uh, you know, some veggies or even just sweet potatoes. You can make your own sweet potato fries, probably not at breakfast. Um, that's too much work. A crock pot baking. Okay, I will do this all. If your kids like sweet potatoes or winter squash, if you have an experience like butternut squash, it's so important to experience it. But um, if you take a big old crock pot, I've got a big crock pot that I can put a whole butternut squash in. You know what those things look like, right? Oh, oh yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So they look like a big old pear. At any rate, I will take that big butternut squash. I'm doing nothing with it, with it other than rinsing it off, making sure there's no mud on it, right, from the field. That's it. I put the thing in dry in the crock pot, put the lid on, turn it on low, and leave it for eight hours. And at the end of eight hours, you have baked squash. Ta-da! Okay, and if you get home an hour or two later, it doesn't matter because it's on low and it really, it, it, it would take forever for it to burn, okay? So I will bake potatoes, sweet potatoes, any of that stuff overnight or during the day while I'm at work, okay? And you come home. Now, I also use, um, you want to get 
brown rice and beans going. Those are just wonderful foods for your kids. So I had three crock pots going at all times. This is called when you're brushing your teeth at night, you're thinking, okay, what's for dinner? You got to be ahead of yourself or you're screwed, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, so I'm brushing my teeth and it's like, oh, what's for dinner tomorrow? Okay, we're going to have rice and beans and butternut squash, okay? So before I go to bed, I get the rice soaking in the crock pot because you always want to soak your rice and beans for 24 hours the way our ancestors always did, or at least eight hours. So I'd get the rice and the beans soaking in the pot. In the morning, I'd pour off the water, renew the water, um, put in a little piece of kelp. That's a, a piece of seaweed, which gets beautiful minerals into your rice and beans. And, and then I would just turn, I would turn the rice on low and the beans, I'd turn it on high with a little bit extra water because you've got to boil those beans. If they don't boil, they'll never get soft. All right. So end of the day, I walk into the kitchen. Dinner is pretty much ready. I open the freezer. I get a bag of frozen broccoli, spinach, something green. Okay. Pull some salsa out of the refrigerator. Mexican night. Okay. So you have rice, beans, you know, spinach. Throw some, throw some salsa over the beans. Done. Got it? Simple food, okay? You can put, you know, and you can have four crock pots going or, or get two bigger ones. So you can have chicken baking in your crock pot all day. The answer to sweets and snacks is get the white flour and the sugar out because it is the white flour and the sugar that's making them hungry all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, kids will finish eating and they're still hungry. And it's like, why is that? Because... Their body is are saying, where the heck are the nutrients? We haven't been fed. You know, it's like, could you please feed me something that works? And the other piece is, again, ancestral knowledge of soups. Our ancestors okay. always took the carcass of a chicken and boiled that with veggies and whatnot, or take the whole chicken and put it in a crock pot with veggies or an instant pot and make a beautiful chicken soup out of that, or take some beef and make a beautiful beef soup. Soup is incredibly nourishing. I cannot tell you all the good stuff that it does for your gut. I do, I do specific healing diets for children on the spectrum and for children with ulcerative colitis and autoimmune stuff, and it totally revives them. So the broth is an incredibly healing uh, thing to do. And children often love soups and stews, and so dinner could be a bowl of stew. Um, and that's simple, easy. Uh, okay, now what am I forgetting? talk to me. You did breakfast, you did dinner. Um, I wanted to hear some good lunches. (laughs) Okay. Lunch typically um, for the adults in there, you always cook twice what you need for dinner and the leftovers are lunch. All right. So I have a, like a four cup round Rubbermaid container, you know, a glass, glass bowl, you know, with a top on it. And I will, I will pile it with all my leftover veggies some brown rice and beans, whatever. And then put oil and vinegar on it, some salt. And I'll also put some raw sauerkraut on there because that's your probiotic, is raw mm-hmm. fermented pickled foods. Um, that keeps my gut bacteria in good shape. I put the lid on and throw it in the fridge. And then in the morning, I throw that in my lunch, lunch box and take it to work and leave it at room temperature, even if it has meat with it. If it's been cold all night, you can leave it at room temperature. And then when it's time to eat lunch, it's a room temperature salad. So totally low maintenance and you always have your food with you. And I often do that even when I'm working from home, you know, on Sundays I'll make at least four of those bowls. So I've got at least Monday through Thursday and we can make Friday a wild card, whatever, or I'll do five, you know? So then I don't have to think because, Oh dear God, you know, you don't have time to think you're trying to, 
do your profession, do your kids, do everything. And the other piece is, if you have a spare bedroom, get a mother's helper. If you're working full, if everybody's working full time and you got children, you need help. Mm-hmm. And we keep denying that. And that's just a bunch of bunk. So one way or another, or take some of your income and pay a a junior high or high school student to come in for a couple hours, three times a week. It is astounding what someone who doesn't have all the stuff on their plate like you do can get done for you. I remember getting a kid in there and I, it was just a chore that I could not, you know, I've been trying to do it for months and they went in and and they were done in like a half hour in my mind, (laughs) half a day deal. Right. I was like, I'm done. What next? I'm like, Wow, (laughs) because you're not being interrupted every other minute. So, and women are very reluctant to just give somebody else the work. And there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you can give over to someone else. And I had a live-in mother's helper. I was a single mother for a while, uh, for actually too long. And you know, I would get a student in there as a mother's helper, and it was great. And uh, so, imagine coming home and dinner's ready. Imagine coming home and the laundry's done. Imagine coming home and things are picked up. Hello. <laughs> imagine, you know, having someone live in, imagine being able to walk out the door at night and go meet somebody or go out on a date. There's a concept and you don't have to find a babysitter, pay for them. And it's zero dollars out. If you can exchange room, the room alone is worth at least 15 hours a week, which is a lot of time. Room and board worth more. If you really calculate what people spend on a single apartment. So these are things that you've got to start really thinking about. You are women are just going down right and left. You know, we're exhausted mm-hmm. for good reason. Hello. This is <laughs> and if you're eating junky food, it's making you more ornery and then you can't deal with the kids and then you're not sleeping well and you've got weight issues or energy issues or thyroid issues. That's all the food. So that's high maintenance. If your kids are ornery and they can't sleep and they're irritable and they're always hungry, that's high maintenance. You just don't need to subject yourself to that. So if you can begin to look at these whole unprocessed foods as your best friend, you will see amazing transformations going on in your home. And your husband will even get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll see the kids as being a lot more reasonable and he'll, he'll also feel better because two-thirds of the time, anyhow, he's eating good food. Yes. Now you've shared a lot of really good information. I've been taking down notes over here. Um, So I wanted you to give us some of your best resources, whether they be yours or someone else's that we can use with helping us with either recipes and just kicking out the white sugar and flour that you were talking about. And if someone is still not convinced, if you have something too that can help them see that, you know, these are the culprits that are making life difficult for us? All right. That's a, um, that's a really good question. There's one woman that did, uh, you know, it's called the hundred days of real food. I think okay. um, she did that. Um, most of the recipes that I go to and I can, um, uh, Again, if, you're, if your readers will email me, I can send them a list of my favorite websites that I use. Um, some of the ones, let me see if I can pull them up right now. That would be good. To, um, so some of my favorite websites, I typically go to the gluten-free and dairy-free because the ingredients tend to be better. And um, 
and most of us actually feel better gluten-free and dairy-free. And that's a whole other show that we could do at some point. <laughs> yes. but, well, okay, let me give you the websites. Um, one of them is called livelovenourish.com. Okay. Uh, and that's .au. She's an Aussie. Um, a great reference. Yeah, here's a wonderful reference is the Weston A. Price Foundation. Okay. And that, that website is Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N-A, Price, like the price is right, .org. Okay, WestonAPrice.org. Um, that is a whole organization. Weston A. Price was a dentist, Tony Ann. Did you know that? Oh, I did not know that. He was back in the 1930s, and he was so upset with what was going on with children's teeth. It was 1930. <laughs> <laughs> um, that he took a sabbatical and went around the world trying to figure out um, uh, what our ancestors did and what their teeth looked like. And he went to all the ancestral places, which you can't do anymore, pretty much, uh, because they'd been they'd been messed by, messed up by white man. He went to these villages and looked at what they were eating, and looked at skeletons, and looked at these people's teeth, beautiful teeth, no no crowding, no cavities, and all of them were eating different. They were eating the food that was available for them where they lived and what they could grow, but it was all whole, unprocessed food. And on that website, Weston A. Price. Um, you get educated on how to go back to uh, to our ancestral knowledge, and it's uh, it's an awesome website. The other website that I love is healthyhomeeconomist.com. That's another one, and a sweet peach, no, a sweet pea chef .com. So those are some of the the websites that I like that will give you some really yummy recipes, and I can send you. Uh, you can give your children. There's a there's such a simple ice cream. It's like stupid. It's just coconut milk frozen with some vanilla and raw honey, and you just blend that, and it's like kick butt. Okay, and your homemade chocolate candy, too, delicious. All right, and then there's brownie recipes and all that stuff. So I just want you all to start thinking simple. Think Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. No, we've screwed it up somewhat, but in general, Thanksgiving is turkey and veggies. Right. And some potatoes and sweet potatoes. Right. Now we've managed to add a ton of sugar in the potatoes or sweet potatoes or whatever. So if you leave that out, that's sort of the way you need to start thinking. Simple stuff. For children's lunches, I can do a whole session on that one. But children's lunches, um, you need to put a chart up on the on the, uh, the refrigerator and teach them. So what are you going to have for protein? What are you going to have for a grain? What are you going to have for a vegetable? And don't give them fruit for for. For the fruit is for the snack. For the snack, if you give them fruit, they're going to eat it first, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're hardwired for sweet. So if there's any way to not give them any fruit and give them fruit when they get home from school, that's the best time to give it to them. And if not, they need to eat the fruit for a snack. And uh, lunch needs to be a protein, some rice, and you can make little rice balls in Japan. They make these cute little rice balls. If you get your hands wet and take some sticky brown rice and make a ball out of it, you can stick surprises in the middle, like stick one, <laughs> uh, stick a, a, ra a raisin in the middle or stick a, a piece of almond in the middle or, you know, surprise them and say there'll be surprises in the middle. Um, so you can do that kind of thing. Pieces of meat, the child packs their lunch as soon as they can. And you okay. teach them how to do it. And, uh, yeah. And lunch bots, B-O-T-S, are, are great containers. Again, it's better to avoid as much plastic as you can in your life. 
what's cool about this whole process is when you really start getting on the journey and really start going with it, it supports itself. The, the hardest part is the first month, first week, really. Once you're through the first week, if you just say, look, just seven days, you know, don't say, oh, for the rest of my life, I have to do this. It's mm -hmm. no, no, I'm going to go for seven days and then reassess and make a family packed and sit down. Now, your children, what's in it for them? Like nothing other than what? <laughs> I don't get my favorite breakfast. Here. I don't get my, you know, what are you doing to me? Right. So <clears throat> they've got to have some skin in the game. So you've got to figure out what's in it for them. As an adult, you can see long range benefit. They can't. So you've got to have a sit down as a family and you and your husband have got to be unified. There can be no cracks in the wall here. All right. And it's like, we are starting to get healthy here. And so you've assessed your kids and you know that Johnny just would die for a fishing lure or something. I've had kids, <laughs> I can tell you what they do for just a new lure um, or a golf ball or a special time to do gaming or something that's not food. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, that's a reward that they would really love. Okay. Now there's something in it for them. Now there's a win. You went all day. You didn't trade anything at school. You rock. Okay. Yay. High five. Okay. Check right there. If we get seven checks, you get the, uh -uh, okay. If it's a little one, if it's a three-year-old, then every day they need to get something. Okay. Um, you've got to assess how often they need that reward, but you as their parent will know that. But you've got to really think, and you can ask them, you know, what would be worth it for them? What's important to them? It can't break the bank. That's the rule. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that then gets them involved. And that now you've got a unified family going through a challenge. It's a challenge. Who's happy? Not everybody. And that's okay. Um, you're all withdrawing. And, oh, and here's a movie that everybody has to watch, okay? okay. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, if you're not on Amazon Prime, you can pay for it. It's like six bucks, whatever. It's worth every penny. Get the family, gather them up, sit around this movie. It's hilarious. It's good. It's a really fun movie, but it's a documentary. And the name of the movie is That Sugar Film. Okay. So That Sugar Film. And uh, it's a hoot. If you ever saw Super Size Me, it's sort of based on a similar principle. But it's very well done. And when children watch it, it leaves some very significant impressions in their minds. Mm -hmm. And those are good. <laughs> yes, yes. Now you have shared a lot of great information with us and definitely have given me some starting points to see that it can be done and it's not as hard as I think. So thank you for sharing all of that with us. Now, I did want you to share your website and any um, places that we can find you on social media. All right, you can find me everywhere under the name of my website, which is Fast Food Healing. I teach you how fast you can heal with food alone, and we all need to heal from fast food. So fastfoodhealing.com, I have a podcast under that title, um, and I'm in all of the social media. So you can find me under Fast Food Healing, and I'm here for you guys, whatever I can do. And I do do distance video consults, um, all that good stuff. So if you've got some real challenging issues, I'm here for you. Perfect. Perfect. So I will make sure to include all of the websites you mentioned, as well as your website and the movie that you mentioned as well in the show notes. So ladies, if you're listening, you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't get that. I got you. So just make sure you check the show notes. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and being an awesome guest and giving us all this great information. All right, Tony Ann, you keep breathing. Yes. <laughs> 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. To find the links in the show notes, head over to realhappymom.com slash 82. And before I forget, have you left me a rating or review yet? I want you to head over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and let me know what you thought of this episode. Scroll down to the bottom and leave a five-star rating and also leave a review letting me know what you enjoyed about this episode or about the Real Happy Mom podcast so I can give you more of what you want and need. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and make sure you tune into next week where I'll be talking to Lynn about how to go from couch to active. Talk to you then with lots of love.